0: Hello and welcome to, to my presentation, Perinatal Mental Health During the COVID-19 Pandemic, A Global Perspective. Thank you very, very much, Professor Din for this generous invitation multiple years after each other. I cherish and appreciate our collaboration incredibly. And this research has also been possible thanks to our collaboration and also our future onward collaboration. My research during the pandemic was emphasizing on the mental health of pregnant and postpartum women. And I will share some background about mental health and then some preliminary results. So these are just some of the studies we've conducted during the pandemic and um yeah i miss shanghai obviously incredibly much this has been a picture taken on my last trip in december 2019 so i really really wish uh, i to be back as soon as possible so a little background in order to understand the importance of mental health in general but in particular during pregnancy. The global economy losses that are calculated for the global burden of disease are about 1 trillion per year in productivity due to depression and anxiety. Mental, neurological, and substance use disorders make up to 10% of the global burden of disease and 30% of the non-fatal disease burden. Around one in five of the world's children and adolescents have mental health disorders. And what we've tragically seen, unfortunately, is that there is a vast increase in mental health disorders in adolescents, particularly due to the pandemic it's considered. Depression is one of the leading causes of disability, affecting over and 64 million people globally. About half of mental disorders begin before the age of 14. So it's very, very important to emphasize on mental health before somebody is an adult, before it's too late or not too late, but before a lot of damage has been done. Almost 800,000 people die by suicide every year. One person dies from suicide every 40 seconds. And suicide is the second leading cause of death in individuals aged 15 to 29. These numbers are to be said pre-pandemic, so it's from 2020. So it's very important to consider that all of these numbers have increased during the pandemic, and we know that already. The Lancet Global of Disease um, Study from 2016 has shown the vast impact of depression and anxiety, and in particular depression in in China as well. And so, it's really, really important to emphasize on mental health rather than focusing on just purely medical disease such as chronic disease, such as diabetes, which is obviously very important too. Mental health disorders affected over a billion people globally, 7% of the global burden of disease, and are just contributed by it. And 19% of the disability adjusted life years, that means that you live with a disability and globally every 10th woman develops mental health problems related to pregnancy and childbirth and this number actually has been very very vastly increased during the pandemic and it's really something really really important to think about and what to do and of course for you who are all healthcare professionals in the perinatal health departments around shanghai and other parts of china and globally this is a very important topic lack of recognition of mental health problems have serious impact for both mother and child 2025 39.6 million years of healthy life lost due to mental illness in China alone is what's predicted. And again, those are numbers that have been calculated based on the research and the data that was available pre-pandemic. Here are some of our recruitment um, pictures. Of how we recruited pregnant women for our study. So, aim of the ongoing research of COVID-19 is we're doing a randomized controlled trial to study the effectiveness of web-based interventions, introducing and reducing the risk and severity of perinatal mental health disorders and preventing adverse pregnancy outcomes among women with residing um, in urban city settings. During the pandemic and what I'm gonna focus on is we've conducted a global survey on perinatal mental health disorders during the COVID-19 pandemic. And for me, it was very, very important to next to anxiety and depression also include PTSD in the study because Due to reoccurring trauma, we know that this is passed on to the next generation, meaning to the child or the unborn child. And so um, I will provide some research data for public health professionals and policymakers in order to improve mental health support in Shanghai, China, Hong Kong, Taiwan, the U.S., Sweden, Norway and Switzerland. These are the countries that were involved in this survey study. We also conducted a Swedish interview study and a regional one actually as well and describe the pregnant women's experience of their mental health and pregnancy during the COVID pandemic. So these are the measures we've used in our global survey. It's the anxiety questionnaire, the General Anxiety Disorder 7, with seven questions, the Edinburgh Depression Scale, and the Impact of Event Scale Revised, which is an assessment of post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as COVID-specific questionnaires. The collaborators are as follows and we're actually just about to publish another article together with um, the Swiss colleagues and this is very good news because the CHUV in Lausanne is actually the head of um, the um, uh, WHO for for Switzerland related to women's health. This is to show you where we can be found about our study next to research conducted at Harvard. I am very proud that our study is also mentioned at the North American Human Milk Bank to recruit patients. This is a Stockholm evening where we are also working on on this study because I'm gonna start to introduce you some results of the interview studies. We found several overarching themes, and we called this study, pregnant women, a forgotten group in society. The women reported that they found it difficult with the restrictions in society, particularly the Swedish approach about pregnant women not being considered a risk group. They also felt conflicted with the environment at work and the restrictions being somewhat blurry. Isolation in the social context was another one. And then obviously they worried. They worried about the COVID-19 pandemic. They worried about their fetus. And they worried about... Different worries also, uh, worries from their family members that were part transferred over. Um, Another theme is loneliness. They felt incredibly lonely in their pregnancies. They lost experience of being pregnant, as they said, because of the pandemic, because so many things were not possible, like parenting evenings or meeting other parents to exchange, etc., and the fear of loneliness in general to be all by oneself. They also mentioned the incredible importance of the partner support and the issue of him not being able to attend the antenatal visits and not seeing the baby. The partner's health and its outcomes because if the partner was slightly sick or had a risk for having COVID, he would not be allowed to deliver a reward. But then also the partner's perception of pregnancy that has shifted because he was not able to visit the clinic as he would usually do. And then this powerlessness in the perinatal care, the injustice, the canceled parental care, the need for an alternative and the midwife's role in all of it. Media obviously played an important role, too, and an impact on pregnant women and social media as a source of information rather than seeking professional help. And I think this is a very, very important information for all of us to know that a lot of times pregnant women, due to feeling isolated, seek information from social media which is usually not very well resourced. So there's a big information gap between what we know as professionals and what they know as pregnant women and we need to bridge this gap. So some preliminary data of the global survey. Um, We asked, are patients at higher risk of depression, anxiety, and PTSD due to the COVID-19 pandemic? And what we've seen is that, yes, that's the case. We've seen incredibly high um, susceptibility to anxiety as well as depression, but the depression rate has been above 13 on the EPDS by over 34%, which is incredibly high. I said every 10th woman. Here, we would have to say it's every fourth woman because of the high number of, of, of every third woman almost um, that is suffering from depression. It's a slightly, slightly better news for anxiety. It's quote-unquote only. in our study, which is still higher than the usual 11%. The prevalence of PTSD has also vastly increased to a level of 20%. So every fifth woman is struggling with a PTSD symptom and the severity being quite high as well. So these preliminary results I would like to discuss. What is the intervention for which target population? How? we can prevent anxiety in the context with simple simple with only simply informing about covid-19 as you saw they were seeking information from social media sources which is obviously not a good source of information seeking the geographical description in, that is interesting to compare between countries where the pandemic is managed differently people having different cultural behavior when facing these kinds of crisis is a very important aspect too. Here in Europe, as you may all know, we have been much more individualistic and we wouldn't wear masks because we didn't wanna be sort of limited in our personal freedom instead of seeing the common good and that if everyone bites into the bullet like you did in China, then we actually can reduce the risk for spread. So the perinatal mental health consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic is that there is a prolonged pandemic chaos which increases mental health disorders. Strict public health measures mitigating the COVID-19 made that there is no visitors at hospitals allowed and pregnant women in labor without their partners, which has been revised a little later due to the WHO recommending men to be part of the delivery. But there were obviously some unlucky women that had to give birth all by themselves. And then of course the negative psychological effects such as stress, anxiety, depression, anger, confusion, and PTSD which all have an impact on the relationship between the mother and the father, but also through that impact the unborn child. The economic consequences, uncertainties, and escalating psychological burden worsen perinatal mental health outcomes. There's also harmful coping methods such as alcohol and substance use. And there's gender-based intimate partner violence that is obviously increased due to the fact that everyone stays at home the whole time plus being in this potentially um, tightened um, economic situation and the reduction in preventative help seeking behavior because people did not want to go to the hospital and an increase in rates of suicide. So here is some of my research being conducted last time I was in Shanghai. So how can we actually improve women's health and mental health in general? My pre-pandemic research together with Professor Din Yang, has shown that over 80% of pregnant women would actually prefer web-based services And so, yes, this is very, very important. Better web-based care and care than no care at all, I always say. Results pre-COVID have shown clear preference for web-based support. In this study we've done, it was over 80%. To target policymakers to increase awareness of perinatal mental health is crucial. And I think all of you listeners and all of us as professionals and researchers have an opportunity, but also a duty to inform policymakers to change certain things and actually provide resources for, for example, web-based services. And integrate mental health services also on low level, low threshold, services such as community centers and another very very good way to bridge the treatment gap is peer-to-peer support my goal throughout my research and future onward goal is to reduce the population burden of mental health disorders through research training and advocacy passionate about using science to overcome the burden of mental health problems, focusing on major preventable causes of mental health globally. All these things I really, really wish that we can make a change with. So thank you very, very much for inviting me to your beautiful, beautiful city that I miss incredibly much. I used to live in Shanghai. And I used to be there at least four times a year to meet with Professor Di Yang and her colleagues and conduct research together. So I hope and dearly, dearly wish to be back very, very soon. And I wish everyone a very successful conference. And we'll end by saying xie xie. Thank you.